If you're watching on YouTube and you can see what's over my left shoulder, you know already. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're just listening to this show, I'll just have to tell you, the light is lit and we are so back. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Casp, excuse me, uh, and on this show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since way back in 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you are listening to or watching the show. Also, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And you know what else is guaranteed? The sign is lit. I have lit the sign. I have gone against my own word, first of all, that I would only light the sign if the Giants were one game back. One and a half, I made an exception. Six of these bad boys, AAA Duracell batteries, are in the sign. Six. Two for each win over the weekend as the Giants sweep the Colorado Rockies. And look, they're still a game and a half back. They still have three teams that they have to pass. But they couldn't have done any better. What else could they do? They swept. And it wasn't just like, oh, it's eking out a two to one win or one to nothing. The offense showed up. They scored a bunch of runs. They scored nine in the first game, nine in the second game, and six in the third game. And some of you are thinking, yeah, but, yeah, but, Rocky's pitching. And I hear you. That's a valid point. At the same time, my counter response to that is that the Giants lost both games when they were in Oakland. Oakland has been the worst pitching staff in the league. They got swept by the Washington Nationals in Washington. They lost two out of three to the Royals. They were swept by the Tigers. And so no opponent is too bad for the San Francisco Giants to get defeated by. I hope that came out right. You get what I'm saying? Like, just because it's the Rockies, these are this is not, I don't know, the NFL or even the NBA where it's like, okay, a terrible opponent comes in, win, like automatic win. It's not like that in baseball. Giants had to go out there. They had to fight and they had to win. And because of the teams ahead of them having good, at least decent, and in some cases, good weekends themselves, the Giants, it turns out, really needed to sweep in order to stay in this race. I mean, literally what it means is if you had lost, if you had even just won two out of three, you'd be two and a half back, which is, you know, an uphill battle when you're talking less than 20 games remaining. If you had won one out of three, you would be three and a half back. And if you had gotten swept yourself, four and a half back. And so they did the best they could. And it was an inspiring weekend. 
game one, nine to eight. This was a crazy game. Crazy game. The Giants were down. It was looked like this this game could be the game that turns everything around, I hope. But yeah, they were down four to nothing. And then they came back. They hit back to back to back home runs for the first time. Was it opening day? I feel like nobody mentioned that. They're like, yeah, first time since April 5th in Milwaukee in 2016. But I want to say that was opening day when it was what? Span and Panic and Posey hitting back to back to back. Anyway, and then first time at home in since like 2006 that they hit three consecutive home runs. So that was to tie the game because there was a guy on for the first one. They got four runs on three swings. And then, okay, you're feeling great. Game is tied. All the momentum is on your favor. But this is just one of those examples that says, hey, maybe momentum isn't necessarily a thing in that the very next inning, the Rockies got three runs of their own to take a seven to four lead. And the beauty was the Giants answered. I believe it was Blake Sable in the bottom of the seventh hitting a two-run homer to pull the Giants to within one. And then in the bottom of the eighth, the Giants end up scoring three to take a 9-7 lead. And that included some horrible, horrible umpiring calls that I got really heated about on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're supposed to call it these days. I suppose X. But man, like the umpire overall was like normal kind of in terms of accuracy and consistency. But when he made his bad calls, they were against the Giants and they were in huge situations. And this was the hugest game of the season for the Giants. So that really ticked me off. And then in the top of the ninth, there was a pitch that should have ended the game that it was right there on the strike zone on the same side of the plate that he was calling strikes on the Giants bases loaded three ball counts he's calling strikes on pitches that are off the plate by a significant amount and then this one's on the plate and it should end the game and it was framed well a lot of the times people don't seem to notice like how it's framed matters a lot but this one was framed just fine stuck the landing right on the edge ball should have ended the game ball next batter i mean next next pitch or the or two pitches later double that scores a run and puts the tying run on second. So a call like that, and in the previous inning, ringing up Matos and calling a horrible strike on Wilmer Flores, both with the bases loaded, uh, can it could definitely have changed that game. And that game, look, this is, if the Giants get in, it's probably going to come down to a tie or like they w- they go ahead by one. And so every single game is critically important. So that ticked me off, even though they won. But the fact that they came back from four to nothing and they then blew it and it was seven four, and then they came back from that as well, inspiring and something we haven't seen from this offense for basically since the middle of June. Like the offense disappeared for quite a while. And even in Chicago, they scored eight in the middle game of that series. So they've scored. Six or more runs in what? Four out of their last five games? Yeah, six or more runs in four out of their last five games. They're averaging about seven runs a game in their last five, including one in which they didn't score many at all. So then the next day, just a drubbing. Logan Webb on the mound, 
uh, six innings, no runs. I thought he pitched really well. Giants won nine to one, just a drubbing. They just uh, Estrada hit a homer. Yaz had a good game. I think yeah, yeah, Yaz had four hits. Just a great game all the way around. And then in the finale, Sunday Night Baseball, I have no explanation as to why that game was selected for Sunday Night Baseball. It's like it probably had to do with football and like they didn't actually want people watching the baseball game and they wanted them watching the football game instead or something uh, because Rockies, the Rockies are never on Sunday Night Baseball and the Giants are only on Sunday Night Baseball when it's like they're playing the Yankees or the Mets or maybe, maybe the Dodgers. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So that was an odd, odd Sunday night game. But I thought, hey, that broadcast is pretty good with Boog Shambi and and uh, David Cohn in the bullpen. Uh, if you watched that game last night, that was pretty enjoyable to me. So anyway, just what does my little bullet point say? We are so back. I just thought good vibes over the weekend. Yes, they're still facing an uphill battle. I will tell you in just a minute about the standings, but also Keaton Wynn for the win. Keaton Wynn made the start. He was the starting pitcher. Anytime anybody not named Logan Webb or Alex Cobb makes a start, it's a big deal. And it's not just like a start of an inning. It's a big deal. And Keaton Wynn started. He had one rough inning. But otherwise, he looked pretty darn good. And so we were gonna we were gonna get into that and this team meeting that the Giants had as well in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by our great friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't have to be a stressful event in and of itself. And for me, I don't know about you, but in the past, it always was in that. Two of the main things I worried about, if I was going to a venue I'd never been to before, not being able to see what it looks like from the seat that I'm purchasing, because spending a lot of money sometimes on these tickets, and in a, in a baseball stadium, for example, different you know stadiums, like the different levels, you don't know how high you are, and so you just see a two-dimensional map. That's not good enough. I need an image of the seat view. Game time provides that. And then the other thing for me as a stickler on price is that I don't want to get, I don't want to pay for these tickets and then two weeks later see tickets in the same section and row for way less and feel like I got ripped off or whatever. And then that's, again, where game time comes in with the game time guarantee, which means you will always get the best price. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you not just 100% of the difference, but 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, looks like I need to turn down my volume ever so slightly. I may have had some clipping there, as we call it. Um, I apologize if there were moments where it got a little distorted with my loudness. But anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow breaking down like look there's 19 games left so when i say oh every game is huge every game is is huge i'm not just saying that to like bring you back to the show 
It is a huge game. Alex Cobb is on the mound for the Giants. Guardians in town. Don't often see the Cleveland Guardians in San Francisco. American League team. Blah, blah, blah. This pitcher they got going, Gavin Williams, is a rookie. And if the Guardians do anything well, it's developing pitchers. So this guy has thrown 70 innings, 14 appearances, all starts. And he's got a 3-3-4 ERA. Peripherals are higher. So maybe hopefully due for some regression, but a guy who's just been effective and is just a pure rookie and he's going for the Guardians. And so it's a huge game and we'll be back to discuss it tomorrow. And the Giants play the Guardians tonight at 645 Pacific and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So yes, I realized my bullet points on YouTube were that the team meeting was next and then the Keaton win for the win was after that. So I don't know if it really matters to anyone if what what order I go in. But first I did say I want to discuss the standings. I, I didn't really finish making that point, which is, uh, you know, let's just look at the standings. The Giants are 14 and a half games back in the West. <laughs> so, you know, with 19 games left, that's a a long shot would be an understatement. They're going to be eliminated soon in the West. So the wild card is our only hope, as they say, which is, didn't they just have Star Wars night? So that seems appropriate to say. But right now, the Phillies are the number one wild card team. The Cubs are the number two wildcard team. So it's the Arizona Diamondbacks, whom the Giants play two more times. Like when I say two times, I mean two games. And they're in Arizona in about a week. Uh, that is currently the number three wildcard team. So that they are right now the most important team to watch. They are in New York to play the Mets starting today. Uh, behind them, the Miami Marlins, who start a series at Milwaukee. Thankfully, Milwaukee, a good team, fighting for first place. So that's good that the Marlins have a tough opponent. Uh, I would say the Mets can be dangerous, too, for the D-backs. So that's that's an all right matchup, maybe. But the Marlins are a half game behind the D-backs. And the Giants, one and a half games back of the D-backs. And so, like, if all goes well tonight, in a perfect scenario, the Giants could be just half a game back. And so, you know, obviously that would take Arizona losing. Would it also take, if my if Arizona loses and Miami wins, I, I get confused by that. But best case scenario, if both of those teams lose, you're only half a game back. And yeah, Miami would stay half a game back. And Cincinnati is at Detroit, and so that's a soft uh, landing spot for them, although the Giants had a very hard time in Detroit, so you never know. But uh, Cincinnati's tied with the Giants, one and a half back. Giants are percentage points better, though, even though they're both one and a half back. They have not played the same number of games. San Diego on the periphery here, eight back with, um, for them, 18 to play, and so they're they're teetering on irrelevance here so anyway the uh the playoff odds according to fan graphs i'm gonna refresh the page just so it's up to the second giants at 32.1 percent they started the weekend at 21 percent okay so 
could it have been better of a weekend? The only, I mean, obviously the Giants couldn't have done better themselves with, you know, sweeping, but Arizona took three out of four from Chicago. And that ticked me off too, because Chicago just ran right over the Giants like a bulldozer. And yet they like had total trouble scoring against Arizona, which it's not like Arizona's pitching is that much better than the Giants. It's just the Cubs got cold when Arizona came into town. So that ticked me off. But at least the Cubs won the final game there. So uh, 32%, like basically a one in three shot at this point. And that's and with with a win tonight and a loss by some of these other teams, that, that would shoot up dramatically. And vice versa, if you lose and they win, it, it goes down dramatically. So it's every game's huge. D-backs at 42.5%, according to Fangraphs. Reds at only 14.4%, according to Fangraphs. And the Marlins at 30.6%. And so the Giants have become the next closest team, according to Fangraphs, behind Arizona. Um, and just a few days ago, they were... Because I think there's four teams essentially fighting for one spot. Arizona, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Miami all fighting for one spot. And yeah, so that's the state of the race. And we will update you every single day. So let's talk about Keaton win for the win, because that that is what I previewed first there, or teased first. And it's a big deal that a starting pitcher not named Logan Webb or Alex Cobb made a legitimate start. Uh, I mean, Kyle Harrison has been in this rotation. And so, so suddenly it's been a three-man rotation with Webb, Cobb, and Harrison. But Keaton Wynn, we're talking about now a 33-inning sample of Major League pitching. Not much. Ground ball rate is 60%, which is up in Logan Webb territory. So it's, you know, that that splitter is just such a good pitch, I think. It gets tons of swings and misses, and it gets the ball on the ground. And he's got a 3.55 ERA, a 3.84 fielding independent pitching, 3.92 expected fielding independent pitching, walk rate of only 4.5%, so pounding the strike zone. Strikeout rate only about 19%, which is a little below average, but... If you're just pounding the zone and limiting walks and getting grounders, plus he struck out nine in this start yesterday. So it's not like, oh, he's not capable of striking people out. He had nine Ks in six innings. He did have one inning in which he gave up three runs. He just got hit in the leg by a line drive and then like whap, whap, just hard contact. But basically after that, he completely settled in. And so in conclusion, I think... He has earned another start. I mean, it's hard for me to say, like, don't put him back out there for another start. That being said, am I promising you that he will get put out there for another start? Absolutely not, because they they do what they do, man. And I don't always agree with it. And if he's not starting, it'll, I think it'll depend on the opponent. You know, if it's like the Dodgers, they might go opener you know, try to protect him from the top of that lineup, which is lethal with Betts and Freeman. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So start with an opener, like a high leverage reliever type. Then you bring in Keaton Wynn, and so he doesn't have to face that top of the order to start the game. One less time he has to face them. But notably, for this upcoming series against Cleveland, the Giants have announced the starting pitching plan is Alex Cobb, 
who was pushed back because of a left hip impingement um, tonight. Sean Manaya getting the start in the middle game. That when is the last time he started? I mean, I should be telling you. I want to say like in May or maybe April, I think early May. So that's significant that Manaya goes into the rotation suddenly. It's weird. And then Kyle Harrison. And then would it be Logan Webb's turn? Uh, I think it would. And so suddenly you might have a rotation where you're legitimately looking at, you know, Webb, Keaton Wynn, Cobb, Manaya Harrison, and just like an actual five-man rotation. And I just think that, you know, fans would probably feel a lot better with something like that. I would feel better if they had a little more stability in that rotation down the stretch here. I mean, we're we're in crunch time, folks. There's 19 games left. Like we're talking, well, th- that's like less than four turns through a rotation. And so there's only so many more times this is going to come up unless you get to the playoffs. And then some of those guys, you know, you wouldn't feel too bad about a Webb Cobb if he's feeling good and pitching well. Maybe Harrison with Keaton Wynn ready to come in relief if Harrison struggles or whatever, rotation in a playoff series, a best of three. When you've got Webb going in one of them, it sets you up in with a chance to win a game. There was an article in the Chronicle, I just have to throw this out there, ticked me off also, and I ranted about it on Twitter. You should follow me there, at Ben Kaspik, where you'll see me rant a lot sometimes. But the in the article, they said the Giants would have, quote, no chance end quote, of a meaningful postseason run. No chance. And it's like, come on, man. If you've been following baseball for your whole life, which this person has, how on earth can you say that a team has no chance in the playoffs? No chance? Like you could say a low chance, but no chance? Come on. Come on. That's absurd. This is baseball. Look at look around the league on any given night and look at teams that are the underdog winning every single night. And the Giants, as we're about to discuss in this team meeting that they had, Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball operations himself, came down from upstairs and spoke to the players and reminded them of exactly what I'm going to say to you and what I've been saying is that for a good long stretch, This was the best team in baseball, not for like two weeks. We're talking like May 1st to mid-July. They had the best record in baseball. So you're telling me there's no chance they could go on a run in the playoffs if they got there? Baloney. Total baloney. And that also ticked me me off. Many things seemingly ticking me off. I'm just fired up. End of season. Uh, I'm ready to run through a wall. Okay, so coming up next, the team meeting that perhaps fired up the Giants and got them ready to run through a wall. And we'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by my favorite app, my favorite app, Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock's ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now with studs across the league like Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani. You just pick more. And for me, I'm looking at the Giants. You know, maybe they don't have Acuna, Betts, and Otani, but they've got a bunch of players and I think some quality ones. And uh, you just check out the game 
on the Sleeper app and look at look through all the different Giants players or their opponents. And then once you select a player, you can just scroll through and look at all the all these different stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, whatever, stolen bases, and you simply select more or less. And there's like a value assigned to each one. If it's like a home run, it's going to be more likely that they don't hit a homer. So if you say they will hit a homer, then you're going to get a higher payout. And so if you use promo code locked on, you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All righty, as promised, we are going to get into this team meeting and not just the, the team. It wasn't like a players only meeting. This was like they brought in Farhan Zaidi. They brought in Ron Wotus. They, you know, some of the players talked and we've got some kind of reaction to this team meeting and some insight into the team meeting that we will share with you. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow, breaking down game one against the Guardians. I think it's just as important as every single game was against the Rockies. Basically, just win, 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 and win some more. Uh, the Guardians, they are not a great hitting team. If you look at the kind of team statistics for offense, they're... Weighted runs created plus on the season is 90. The Giants are at 95. That means the Giants have been five percentage points better offensively than the Guardians. So if you think the Giants' bats stink, then the Guardians have stunk worse. And their batting average has been higher, but their on-base percentage is lower. And their slugging percentage is significantly lower. Giants have hit like 50 more home runs than the Guardians. So that being said, of course, the Guardians will go out there and hit five homers tonight. I apologize in advance for jinxing them. But Giants play that team, the Guardians, tonight at 7, 6, 45 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So this team meeting, uh, I thought... I thought it was important. I mean, because there are not that many games left and the message needed to be said that this is the very same team that had that best record in baseball for a good, solid, what what are we talking here? Like two and a half months. And... They also were a good offensive team. I've said this on my show over and over. If you're an everydayer, you have heard me say this over and over. 47.5% of the way through the season, 77 games, they were one of the top offensive teams in the league from start to 77 games in. And then for their next 40% or so of the season, they were like the worst And so that's crazy, and typically you don't see stuff like that, but that's what happened. But just kind of a kick in the pants and a reminder, Paul DeYoung said the following, I've been a part of a few meetings like that, especially this time of year. It's good to clear the air as far as uh, everyone gets on the same page. It's almost like a reset button for everybody. We all know what we're working for, but it's nice to hear it spoken out loud and in a group setting. I think that's important sometimes. Things that needed to be said were said, and I think it went over well, said Austin Slater. Um, 
decline, declining to provide additional details. This is courtesy of Evan Wiebeck of the Mercury News, by the way, where I'm getting all of these quotes. Uh, Gabe Kapler said, Farhan Zaidi is uh, really good at speaking from his heart. It's funny. People are like, he he's just up in his office with the door closed looking at a computer. But if you actually knew anything about the guy, you'd know that he's actually like very good kind of socially and very likable personality. Uh, at least, you know, not everyone's going to like everyone, but he's and as far as like analytics front office people go, he's as personable as they get. So Kapler says he's really good at being disarming. He's got a ton of experience in playoff chases, mostly with the Dodgers, a ton of experience around a lot of different types of clubs. Anytime he comes in and speaks from his heart, I think it lands really well. I thought it landed really well on Friday. So from Webeck, Zaidi reminded the club that they were the same group that reeled off 10 wins in a row, that climbed 13 games over 500 and once owned the third best record in the National League not that long ago. That has all slipped away. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, Wilmer Flores says, something has to be said when you don't play good, right? Uh, It's inexcusable to play the way we have with the players we have. It sucks when you play bad and you know you have good players. It would be okay if we had bad players, right? But we know that's not who we are. So Kapler went on to say, Farhan also shared that he believed the group in the group. And that's something that I think goes a long way for players. I think it goes a long way for staff, that kind of endorsement and trust. I think it demonstrates that we're all myself, our front office, our players, our coaching staff, the business side, working as a team, we're all in it together. And then uh, Ron Wotus was a speaker. And Logan Webb said, I think of Maybe it was Brandon. Yeah, Brandon Crawford spoke and Webb said, anytime he speaks, you listen. You're not a part of three World Series teams by coincidence. I think he was only a part of two. Uh, he, um, I don't know who he's referencing here, but he said he he said you show up every year in spring training to get to this position. So why would you get to this position and not try? You work hard for six straight months seven straight, eight, honestly, 12 months. Why would you get to this position and not give it your best? Give it your all. I think for us, it's a great message. No matter what happens at the end of the year, we're just going to get right back to the off season, show up in spring training, and we're going to try to get to this position we're in right now. We're in the playoff hunt. We've got a chance to do something cool, something special. And I think that's a cool message. Just go out there and bust your butt every day. And there's more. I mean, I recommend you check out this uh, article by Evan Wiebeck in the, let me make sure it's Wiebeck, in the um, San Jose Mercury News. And it's called, can Farhan Zaidi's team meeting propel the SF Giants to the playoffs? And that remains to be seen. But since the meeting before Friday's game, they won all three and all three were inspiring and spirited. And so, look, I'm not trying to give all the credit in the world to Farhan Zaidi. He's the one who is responsible for them suddenly playing well. But I don't know. I think that that message, that message really resonates with me. That's how I feel. It's like, you're here. 
There's 19 games left. Why not? I said this the other day. Play through the whistle. Sprint through the finish line. Just the end is in sight. And it. we say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, now it's a sprint. And so sprint. Don't jog. Sprint. And so each and every game, critically important from here on out. So I was going to give you updates on Conforto, Slater, Bailey, Cobb, and Luciano. That is going to have to wait for tomorrow. Obviously, the one update I can really give you I mean, I could say this quickly, is that Cobb is starting tonight, and he had he was pushed back with a hip impingement, but he's supposed to start tonight, and Michael Conforto may be activated tonight as well, so we'll be on the lookout for that. And then good news on Slater, Bailey, and Luciano, who are not far away. Slater may even be ready tonight. Bailey's on the concussion IL. Luciano had a hamstring injury. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow, breaking down a critical game one against the Cleveland Guardians, who come in with a record that is not that impressive, right? So I'm not, again, none of these games do I take for granted at all, including against the Rockies. But the Guardians' record is 68-76. and 76. They're pretty much out of the playoff race. They're 32 and 40 on the road. So you've just got to take advantage. So uh, Giants play the Guardians tonight at 645 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name's Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik. K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you in advance and really to to those who've done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Hopefully it's a good day and hopefully I keep this sign lit. I don't want to have to dim this sign. I want it bright orange for like a month for another almost two months. So can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.